0: Good morning, morning. buenos dias, uh, fasting, sometimes we hear the word fasting and we get nervous. Uh, But fasting is a good, powerful practice in the kingdom of God. So we have been going back to the basics, first prayer, fasting, then the word, and we will continue building up to become passionate, spiritual disciples in the 21st century. Well, this morning is a beautiful morning. It's the best morning ever since I am here because my mom is here. Say hi. <laughs> she's said living testimony that God is alive and, he's, and he still do miracles. But I have to behave because when mom is close, you better behave. Jesus was teaching us about fasting in Mark 2. Hear the word of God. Now, John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom Fast while he is with them, they cannot, so long as they they have been with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and and on that day will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk clothes on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away and the old will make the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wine skin. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wine skin will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wine skins. So Jesus is teaching us about fasting and about The fact that one day he will not be here with us. And he said that the day when the bridegroom will be taken away that day, we will fast. And I have news for you. The time is now. He's not here, present in the flesh. So this is the time to fast. Now, what is fasting? What is the fasting of the Lord? In these 20 years of ministry, practicing fasting, this is what... This is the best explanation I can share with you this morning. It is a spiritual discipline with the purpose of increasing our spiritual capacity through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. No one can fast without the Holy Spirit. The increase in our spiritual capacity will generate an increase of the flow of the Holy Spirit, not only in you, but also through you to do the ministry of God among us. Now, the teaching here is that fasting is also countercultural because fasting is all about sacrifice. And in a culture where everything is cookies and cream and everything is pleasure and position and titles and money and, and, and being the best me and the best version of me, that's countercultural because fasting is asking you to actually Let go and sacrifice. Sacrifice, being uncomfortable for the sake of God. And I have news for you. At the beginning, especially if you are fasting for the first time, it's not fun. I mean, you're going to feel in your body, you know, the need to go back into the natural. But God will help you through the Holy Spirit to stay connected through Him. For us to fast, we have to be humble. We have to be humble because fasting is not for people who feel like they are strong, that they have everything under control. Fasting is for the people who feel weak, who understand that we are poor in spirit, people who are hungry and thirsty for God, people who want to go deeper with God. David is a wonderful example of that because one of the warnings that I want to establish this morning is, that fasting cannot be we cannot use fasting to manipulate God into give us what we want. And David's a powerful example in Second Samuel twelve twenty two, David is praying for the life and praying and fasting for the life of his child. And he says, While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. I thought, who knows? The Lord may be gracious to me and let the child live. But now he's dead. Why should I go on fasting? Can I, can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not, But I will not return. He will not return to me. So David didn't, he was praying, he was fasting, he was weeping, but God didn't answer the way he wanted. So when people see that, I say to people all the time, sometimes they're going to fast, and you might not get what you want, but you will always get what God wants. For you. And what fasting did here for David, fasting positioned David to receive the will of God and accept the will of God in peace. And he was asking for a healing and said, You know, who knows, maybe God will do this. So it's not, there's nothing wrong with asking, but we cannot demand anything. Why? Because we cannot get from God anything by demand. Everything that God has for us is by grace. There is no action we can take to actually get from God anything. In Christ, through his blood, through the cross, we receive all the blessings that God is going to give us, that he already gave us. And God is so willingly and desiring for you to connect deeper to to him. And as we do that, we're going to experience freedom, But no one can earn anything. God doesn't own us anything. So it's very important that we don't go into fasting thinking that you're going to get God's blessings through actions and through works. It is by grace. You already have favor. God already loves you. He cannot love you more right now than in a few minutes or tomorrow when you fast. He already loves you. He's already your father. He wants the best for you. So it's so important that Jesus uh, reveals to us this fact that salvation is by faith and faith alone. So, but we don't make demands on fasting, we just allow God through the Spirit to break us. So we start surrendering our personal agendas to God. The Holy Spirit will, will partner with you. So, the moment you said, you start making up your mind, I'm going to fast. The Holy Spirit will partner with you to help you fast and do what God wants us to do. Romans 12, one says, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing before God. So we worship in the Spirit. We worship with our emotions. We cry. We, we show joy. But we also have to present what? Our bodies. Don't let your body at home. Bring it to the church. Worship with your body. Love your God with your mind, your soul, your emotions, but also your spirit, but also your body. Your body. And, you know, the first time I came to America, I went to a, a, a basketball game, and I saw everybody. Yeah! Sunday morning, I show up at church. Everybody was quiet. So what is going on? This is the same people. You know, let's bring 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 all of you to the church. Don't leave part of you outside. Just bring everything to the church. So based on on, on on the Bible, fasting is a very powerful practice. And we have what we call a total fasting, meaning no waters or water. And then you just spend time with the Lord. Now fasting is a discipline. You increment little by little. You also have partial Fasting. So if you never fast before, do a partial fasting where you drink water, vegetables, salads. Again, the goal in the partial fasting is nutritious food, not tasteful food. Hello? (laughs) Because some people, I'm doing a partial fasting and they do. Well, in Cuba, when you do partial fasting, you really, you don't have anything tasteful. You have to eat what you find. But here in America, there is so many ways to still make the, the food excellent. You know, you can have so many seasonings and so many stuff. By the time you finish, you're not fasting anymore. You spend two hours looking for all the stuff to make it perfect. Make the whole idea about how fasting is. Fasting is that the same time that you spend cooking and doing all of that. Now you're spending doing what? Praying, reading the Bible. The food is not the main thing. It's spending time with the living God. And then we have public. Fasting, which is the church is fasting, but you also have personal fasting. When the church comes for a fasting, then we set the day and, the, and what type of fast, and, and we declare, you know, different uh, prayer requests and things like that. When you do your own, you choose your own time, what type of fast, total fasting, partial fasting, one day, 40 days. By the way, that's my goal, 40 days. No, I'm Okay, but little by little, we need to start fasting. We need to start seeking, seeking God and spending time with God. But fasting is an invitation. The Holy Spirit will invite you and seduce you to go deeper because Jesus already said, The day will come when I will not be with you any longer. Then they will fast, it's an expectation. In Matthew 6, it says, when you fast, when you pray. So Jesus is already expecting that you will pray. When you pray, not if you pray, when you decide to pray. When you pray, when you fast, it's an expectation that we are going to fast. It's an expectation that God is that that we're going to offer God our fasting. Now, when we fast, we also limit and try to walk away from our routines. And you limit your time with the TV, the time with the, you know, spending time in Facebook or Snapchat or, or Instagram, I mean, whatever it is, so many that I cannot even mention them. But you, really, you, you, you have to step away from that. Step away from, from conversations that are not as important. Just do a a, bold, a, a a bow of silence. Just spend time with God. Talk to God more. Spend time with him. Avoid being busy, so the time goes fast. Other people, I'm fasting. And the fast starts at 6 a.m., from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. But you said I'm fasting, and then you get up at 11 a.m. Are you fasting or are you sleeping? What are you doing? Right? So if you are fasting, you get up early, and then you present your fast before the Lord. And so people said to me, Pastor, you know, sometimes I don't have breakfast. I'm, I'm used not to having breakfast. The moment you declare Before the Lord, I am fasting for you. You You're going to experience things in your body that you never experienced before. It will be a different day. That's a fact. It won't be be a normal day um, for you. So fasting is a voluntary denial of the flesh to to seek God so God will be blessing us. We also have a powerful passage in Joel 2, 12. The country of Israel, was, they were going through, through a famine. And the king and the prophet called to a national fast. And because of that, the, the people came together and they were able to, to, to resist the enemy and, and have victory. Powerful. But that, this is not something that also in only happened in the ancient times. You have, you know, people that actually experienced that in America. And I don't know how many of you know this, but this guy, do you know this guy? He, during the Civil War, he called for five national fasting. Four, no, not five, four national fastings. I only found, I only found two, a specific one, that's why I'm giving you only two. I only give you what I find. <laughs> you, can, you can look for more, but one what, April 30, 1863, in August 6 1864 during the civil war calling american people to confess our sins to pray together to to spend time together in prayer and confessing our sins before the lord and what history says that that brought unity in the country and they connected through prayer through fasting and the challenge that he had In his diary, in his bio, he says that the the Civil War was taking longer and longer and longer, so he called for a fast, and then four years. And not only that, the victories, the results that we had out of the Civil War, you have the the victory of the Union, but also abolition of slavery, and you have, and the country begins to work on the Reconstruction Era. And many things happen. America now is a very strong country. But the moment we stop fasting, we get weaker. Why? Because fasting is a feast for the soul. You pray and you fast, and you are inside. You are, you are connected with, with God. But it's also a funeral for your flesh. Because now you are free to actually worship Him. God, like never before. But, you know, th- this, this is a powerful example of how we can come together in fasting. And, and Abraham Lincoln says, let's, 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 let's humble ourselves for unity and we have a shared struggle. Let's overcome our challenges. And God did it. Now, we also have in the Bible wonderful people, you know, who fast and was very powerful. We have Esther in uh, Esther 4, 15, Esther was trying to change the law of the king, it was a national fasting as well. And she said, I will not drink, I will not eat anything for three days, and ask your people, Mardukai, the Jewish people, to do the same. And they did, and they won." Then in 2 Corinthians 6, 4, we have the Apostle Paul teaching us and saying, you know, in afflictions, in necessities, in distress, in stripes, in imprisonment, in labor, in watching, and in fasting. We, we got to come in the 21st century. When you are a disciple of Christ, we're supposed to be in necessities, in distress, in imprisonment, in, in fasting, fasting, you know, for the mission of God. It's the only way to stay on mission Judges 20, 26, uh, also the people of Israel were facing war and they fasted that day until the evening and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord, like Lincoln. And guess what? Victory happens. Deuteronomy 9:9. Moses is saying to us, I ate no bread and drank no water. And for 40 days I was on the mountain and I receive the Ten Commandments. In other words, we fast to obey the word, to receive the word from God. Daniel, one, one ten. Daniel. That's why I'm saying that fasting is countercultural. He was in uh, in, in in Babylonian, and then he said, "You know what? I'm going to fast and give us ten days." And the and the guy that was in charge of of the of the eunuchs. They said, you know, I'm going to give you 10 days, only vegetables and water. And at the end of the 10 days, they were found 10 times wiser than everybody else. It also says beautiful and more pretty than everybody else. So if you are ugly and not, not smart, start fasting. <laughs> <laughs> Powerful, Daniel. He's showing, the, he's showing us how to do it. Then Daniel 9, 3, he was also fasting for guidance, but also for the promise of God to be fulfilled to free Israel after 70 years. And he says in Daniel 9.3, I was pleading in prayer, and petition, in fasting, in ashes, when the Lord gave the promise I'm going to free Israel. So, what do we need to fast for? It's time to ask God, God show me, show me, show me. But let me also clarify what fasting is not. So you are clear when you are fasting. So, fasting is not dieting. So, it's not about going into a diet. Diet and losing weight is a byproduct of fasting, but not a goal. Fasting is not a starving. I'm not eating, I'm not eating, I'm fine, I'm not eating, drinking water, drinking coffee. That's not fasting. Fasting is not abstinence. People say, I'm fasting TV. You can fast TV. You can eat the TV? No. Can you eat the TV? No. So, fasting is food. You have to. Fasting comes from the Greek and the Hebrew of thrusting your mouth, not eating. Not eating. You cannot say, I'm fasting, and then, but I'm not watching TV. It doesn't work like that. So C.S. Lewis says, fasting can bring us closer to God because it enables us to identify and repent of our reliance on physical comfort and awaken us for a spiritual sensitivity, just just our senses are open. So it's very important that we understand when Jesus was teaching us that he's the Messiah, he's the bridegroom, he will go away, he will come back, Jesus is coming back again. And he's saying also that we have to transform our mind if we want to receive the kingdom of God because there is no way that we can do that if we are holding to the natural and, and not allowing our minds to be transformed. Now, I also have news for you. It's not going to be uh, cookies and cream and everything is awesome, everything is awesome. You're going to suffer. Your body is going to suffer. You're going to be cranky. You're going to be tired. You're going to be, uh, some of you are short-tempered. Uh, you're going, you going to have a bad breath, okay? But when I say tired, bad breath, um, you are you're cranky, and some of you are already like that. Some of you are already... <laughs> So, you know what? Fasting will give you the self-control to dominate that. Why? God will, allows, God will allow all of that for you to exercise what? Self-control. So, how can you exercise self-control if you don't have this desire to be crunky, cranky and, and, and angry and all of that? that? That's part of the process. You keep doing it. And the enemy will attack you and say, you are a hypocrite. Stop fasting. You are angry. No. You, if you are angry or you respond bad, ask for forgiveness right there and keep fasting. Because God is training you on how to exercise self-control. Keep fasting. Keep pressing forward. Jesus already teaches us. And he, already taught, I mean, he already taught us. And he said, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every what? Word. That come from the mouth of God. So you, you, you need to start fasting. It's not in your own strength. It's not in your own strength. It's a God that can do all things through who? Through Christ who has strengthened me. And he who started the, the work, if you start the work, if you start fasting, he will finish it. Because that's what he, God does. He's powerful. He, you can do all things through Christ who strengthening strengthened you. So... How many of you are going to start fasting? That's the right. That's the question of the morning. Let's start fasting, church. Let's start fasting. You do? Yes, you're going to be cranky and your stomach will be speaking in tongues. Drink water, drink water, drink water, drink water. And now you're going to have, if you pass that, if you pass your flesh, in Galatians five, says that we have a fight, we have a fight between the flesh and the spirit. If you are able to pass that, you are going to have the benefits the benefits of fasting, a spiritual growth, deep intimacy with God. You are going to activate not only fasting but. Fasting activates other spiritual discipline, worship and reading the Bible and spending time with God. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to go back to your first love. You're going to experience God again in, in worship and loving your neighbor and loving your family. You're going to have self-discipline. Fasting helps self-control. You're going to, it will be easier for you to say to your body, no, when the body asks for anything. You say, no, you're not going to get that. You're going to wait. Position also is key in fasting because we position in Christ, we receive the Spirit, and we ask for help to fast. And when we do that, we're going to grow in grace and we're going to experience God like never before. Then something will happen. When you are fasting, at the beginning, your mind, you cannot connect your mind well, you are tired, you might need to go to bed early because your body does not respond the same way, but when you pass that, You have mind renewal. You see now clearly. Now you can organize your thoughts. You can start experiencing what God wants for you. You are reading the Bible. You are listening. You are aware. You purify your heart. And then you can make better decisions in your family, with your finances, with the church. And now this is one powerful byproduct of fasting. People say, if I fast, I'm going to get sick. Now, it's the opposite. Science has already proven that. Fasting, you start fasting, you start healing. Your body starts healing from all this junk food and all these toxins and all this stuff that we eat all the time. And the body's, your body is angry at you and starts giving you stuff. And then you get old and your body cannot respond because we didn't train our body well. So we need to... Submit our bodies to the will of God. How many say amen? amen. We, need, we need God to actually show up in our bodies in a way that is powerful and transform us. The call to action. We are going to have a congregational fasting on Tuesdays. So Tuesday from 6 to 6, what is called a day of fast, 12 hours. If you can, can not fast 12 hours... Fast one hour. If you cannot fast one hour fast. If you can go to, me, to noon. Don't know. If you cannot do f- total fasting. Do partial fasting. But fast. Let's come together in unity. And let's fast. Before you do that. Start thinking. What are your greatest needs? Write it down. A specific prayers that we need. Now these three are the ones. That God and the Holy Spirit is impressing, impressing in my heart for the church in this season. Let's fast, let's fast on Tuesday. And every Tuesday is the, is, the, is the prayer day. So it's going to be also the fasting day. God will visit St. John like never before. We, want, we, need, we, need, we need God here. How many of you say amen to that? Amen. We need the Holy Spirit here to start shaking and moving us to the right direction. Also... God will bring our children back to worship. How many of you want to see all your children and your grandchildren back in worship? Amen? God is a generational God. God God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You need to know that the enemy will attack us in in generations because if we can prevent the children to worship God and, and trap them into alcohol and pornography and addictions and bad stuff so the plan and the purpose of God is not fulfilled, we need to get up and pray, and fast, and say, no, wait a minute, you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I declare that the next generation of St. John will be free, and free in this. We need to pray, and fast, and seek God, and then that will unite us as one big family. That's what I want to see. Hispanics are very, 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 well, very strong in family, family, everything is family, family. And I want to see St. John as a big family. What does that mean, Pastor? That we need to stop all this nonsense of of the 830 folks and the 1030 folks and the online folks and then the preschool is over there and then the the, the after school is over there and then Awana is over there and then Mops is over there. I'm tired of that. Let's pray for unity. This is one church. I have news for you. When Satan comes for us, It's coming from us, for all of us. And when the Holy Spirit comes for us, he's coming for all of us. And when Jesus comes back, and he will, he will come for the whole church. One church. One church. One church. So we're going to be celebrating communion for four Sundays. Because I really believe that when you come to the table, there is power in the table, there is grace in the table, we're going to have communion for four Sundays during this series. So if you miss communion during the pandemic, you're going to make it up. (laughs) So important, so important. This is the conclusion. Jesus said that we will fast the moment in the day when he is not present with us. But the Holy Spirit will guide us it's the moment to commit as a church to incorporate fasting in our spiritual practices. Let's pray. But the prayer this morning is that the Holy Spirit help us, help us to fast, help us to see God and experience God in a way that is powerful. Let's pray together. Gracious Lord, Gracious Lord, as we gather before you in prayer, we're reminded that we are here to worship you. Help us not to be consumed by tradition for the sake of tradition alone, but rather guide us toward a deeper understanding of your will and purpose for St. John, for our families, for ourselves. Show us the true meaning behind our practices and help us to align them with your divine plan. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the assurance that you are always with us, leading us forward on this journey of faith. May we continue to seek seek you wholeheartedly, understanding that the true essence of our worship lies not in rituals alone, but in a sincere and transformed heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen.